This podcast is brought to you on Roku and Fire TV by Pod Nation Podcast TV. Find us on X, Facebook, Instagram, or wherever podcasts are broadcast. Download our app and never miss a show with video on demand as well as exclusive content found only on Pod Nation TV. So, for those of you who are listening to this on the podcast feed, I'm uh, this is Nate or Nathan rather because I'm not doing this in character. And with me are Damon Noise, Danny Demana, and Christopher Reiner, the MIFE creative team. And they are also they're all you know they're also patrons and fans of Kaiju Tokusatsu and the show. And unfortunately, Damon was too busy being a responsible adult, unlike the rest of us this weekend. You know, prioritizing work in D&D, so he didn't quite get to minus color. But that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Elijah is seeing the movie enough for all of us. This is true. <laughs> this is true. But the but Danny and, and Chris have both seen it this weekend. I saw it yesterday. And I, I don't want to spend too much time on this because they're... I don't think there's too much more to add. I mean, I did talk about this thing for three hours already on the on my podcast that have been invited onto several other podcasts that talk about it. But I do want to talk about this particular edition here really quick. So this is not the first time something like this has been done. I know it's been done for Shin Godzilla, but help me out here, Danny, because you would know. Has this been done for any other Godzilla film? Uh, no. Um, the Shin Godzilla ortho or orthochromatic version is the only other time that something like this has happened for uh, Godzilla specifically, but it's, it's part of an overall interesting trend in movie making, because if you look, uh, back over the last, probably almost 10 years now, we've gotten, uh, well, it's been less, but going back in terms of when the, the films came out, Mad Max Fury Road has a black and white version. Um, Guillermo which Del I have not seen, yeah. and I would like to see that one. Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley has a black and white version. Um, okay. There are a handful of other ones. Logan. Uh, yeah, yeah. Logan. So it's kind of a thing, but this is the first time, this is the a first in a lot of ways, because... A, it's the first time that a Godzilla, like it's the second time a Godzilla movie has done this, but it's the first time that the Godzilla, a Godzilla movie has done it like this. And it's one of the mm -hmm. first times that any film has done it in the way that Minus One has done it. Yeah. Now there is an example of a black and white Godzilla film being colorized, but we don't talk about that one. There are, there are, there are a few of those. Um, well, the, I'm thinking specifically of Godzilla. Yeah. Now, I will throw this out there. There was an initiative a couple of years ago for Godzilla 54 to be colorized by Toho themselves. Footage was shown off. Mm -hmm. uh, my theory on it being that since the, the original film is getting dangerously close to public domain in Japan, mm -hmm. colorizing it might be a way to retain uh, certain elements of the rights to the film and protect it. Um, mm -hmm. that's a whole can of worms we're not going to get into, but yeah, uh, reverse, like turning a black and white film into color has happened before. Um, and the one available version of it is Godzilla, which is not the most shining example of colorizing a film to ever exist. More no, like but, uh, but I've also seen the colorized version of King Kong 33 and I mm. didn't think it was that great either. <laughs> I know, haven't I, seen that one. I've seen the colorized version of Mighty Joe Young. Oh, and it's again, they did it during when the technology wasn't really there. So they had but, like they yeah. paint, they painted each individual cell with mm. uh, like watercolors. And yeah, mm. not yeah. a great, not a great no. effect back in the 80s. Yeah, but on the 90s, Ted Turner was just buying up everything, colorizing everything. Colorizing yeah. It. yeah. But yeah. on the other, but on, the, but weirdly enough, on the other hand, speaking of Harryhausen, there is mm -hmm. a colorized version of 20 million miles to earth, which you can, mm -hmm seamlessly switch between on the blu-ray and it actually looks pretty good but that one is a bit of an exception i would say because it was originally intended to be in color mm -hmm. but they couldn't but they couldn't afford it because this is the mid 50s and then it, about i think about 15 years ago it was digitally colorized under harryhausen's supervision mm-hmm but he also did that with uh it came from beneath the sea and uh earth versus the flying saucers Mm -hmm. They were it was like three. a three, yeah. All three of them were done in the exact same process under Harry Housen's supervision because he is who he is or was. Now he's just a restaurant in Monsters Inc. 
sad. <laughs> I so mean, it's so sad. It, well, it's sad that they took his corpse and, and used it that way. Really, I mean, that is oh really disrespectful and a little gross. Um, but we, weekend at Harryhausen's. I mean, the part the part no, weekend at Harryhausen's. <laughs> oh my gosh! But anyway, so Sorry, anyway, right? this nice. But uh, but Danny, the other thing that's interesting about this is I know with what is it? What is it? Shin Godzilla Ortho. Ortho. Orthochromatic, but it's ortho. Orthochromatic. Yeah, but I my understanding is that with that one, all they did was throw a filter on it. Whereas yep, with minus one, it was supervised by Takashi Yamazaki and his crew, and they went through and painstakingly remastered the movie in black and white. They went into every scene of this thing and manually redid the saturation and the contrast. Um, because again, like a lot of the, I want to say stuff like Fury Road and um Nightmare Alley, most of that's just like it's a pretty simple just. I mean, I don't want to say it's simple and diminish the work, but it's not. I as mean, the, it, it, we were on Autistic Lizard Productions with Elijah, and he literally did it in Streamyard. Yeah, so, he literally. Yeah, it's it, the technology. I'm looking at it like not, I'm trying to see where he, where he what magic he pulled to do that because I'm like, where did he do that? Because I need to. You know. Anyway, it, keep talking. Ch chances, c considering your track record with Streamyard, there's a chance you could just explode the whole thing if you. If you <laughs> there's a very distinct possibility. So the 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 process for this color decolorization was very very in-depth every shot was redone basically they took all the animated every single moment of the film whether it was live action or animated and manually readjusted every frame so that the black and white was complementary to the visuals in a very very authentic way this is something i've never seen done in this way before this is pretty, I mean, it's definitely unprecedented for Godzilla, but the idea was to make this film without adding like, you know, corny fake grain on it or something like that. That would have been distracting, but uh, to make the, hey, we're down here now. Um, again, yeah, I'm, hey, ju I'm just experimenting a little bit. No, you're, you're fine. You're fine. Oh, crap. <laughs> That's not what I wanted. <laughs> the listeners are confused. Ah, what? Stop it. <laughs> I'm huge. So uh, he... Yeah. Um, this yeah, this is something I've I've never seen done like this, where they went in instead of just you know flipping flipping a switch. Basically, they went in and tried to make this thing feel again minus any kind of weird grain filter that they put on it, which I think would have been distracting. They made this film feel Showa authentic. I think that was really mm -hmm. the the main thrust of what they were trying to do here was to make this thing feel you know, show authentic. Um, not that it was shot back then, because clearly the aspect ratio would have to be shrunk down. Right. So it would have to, it's not shot on film. So there's no way it would have been able to do that. But as close as they could get to homage, the 1954 film specifically, uh, that is, that is what they did. This isn't, this is not an exercise in like, this is something we absolutely need to do. This is an exercise in respect. Uh, this is a this is one of the most insanely in-depth, beautiful homages that Godzilla as a franchise has ever done, I think. Right. Right. And uh, Danny, have you seen Shin Godzilla Ortho? No, it has not been made available. Okay. Um, I know that's not an excuse okay. for me most of the time, but um, I know I know it's down. not. I was just I was just yeah. asking because, you know, it's, it's to see if you could offer a bit of comparison, because when I heard about a black and white version of that film, I'm just like. I don't know how well that would work. It'd be kind of weird because it's got a, a very expansive color palette. It, especially when you get to certain scenes, there's lots of color, you know, like I'm thinking of the atomic breath scene in the middle of the film where you've got the, the purple lasers and all of the fire. And I, I just feel like something would be a little bit lost there. I think one of the advantages that for me personally watching this in black and white, I think one of the advantages that minus one had from the get-go is that its color palette is tip is for the most part muted by comparison. <laughs> the most, I think the most colorful thing we see in here is some explosions and obviously the atomic breath, which is very bright blue. So yeah, I think it, it would feel like it would be easier to make it into black and white, but then again, I'm no expert on how this process works. I would say easy. Isn't the right word. I would say it's a better candidate as a film. Uh, yeah, it's a better candidate. That might be, I think that's a better way to put it. It's a better candidate. Yeah. It's a better candidate. Yeah. And for my but, part, um, even though I haven't seen it, I just want to throw in my two cents here from an mm -hmm. acting standpoint, since that's my belly wick. Um, 
the acting choices that the director had these characters make or these people make um the characterizations are very much keeping in line with late 1940s early 1950s acting styles mm -hmm. and so throwing the black and white filter over it or changing it, it digitally doesn't take anything away from their acting because it was already there it was already right. sitting on that the shoulders of the original uh cast members from 54 and so you right. don't see this wild variation it's like why are modern actors suddenly in black and white doesn't feel right you don't right. get that at all right so which is interesting <laughs> to bring that up because because everybody is drawing comparisons between these two films and it is a similar thing i feel like happened with oppenheimer where there are sequences where it's in black and white in fact danny i'm trying to remember where you said this because you brought up the fact that there there was no black and white IMAX film until Christopher Nolan said, I need it for this movie because we have modern actors. We have Cillian, it's Killian. I always look at it as Cillian, but it's Killian. We have Killian Murphy and Robert Downey Jr. Now, obviously they're done up to look like they're in the forties the mm -hmm. and the fifties, but they're in black and white on there and it's not jarring. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I mentioned that on Brandon's stream. Uh, Brandon, I was like, yeah. yeah, we've been doing a lot of mm -hmm. podcasting of late, and I've yeah. been hearing your voice in my head a lot because I've been editing you. That's concerning, <laughs> well, sir. Okay, well, let, let's look at it from <laughs> but, uh, the but, same thing with uh, uh, you say modern actors and in, in that kind of thing. They did it with um, Schindler's List. Yes. Yes. And it mm -hmm. it did not jar at all because we're used to seeing just because we're used to seeing Liam Neeson in color and refines and all that. But it again, it was a period piece. And this being a period piece, mm -hmm. it just folds in really well. It does. It does. So, Chris, as kind of the newcomer here, you saw it last night, correct? Yes, I watched the uh, black and white last night. I saw the color over a month ago and. Honestly, even though I knew what was going to happen, I felt like I was watching the movie for the first time without it being in color because the feelings were different. Like when, like there's a point of view shot where you're looking up at Godzilla, and it just you can actually start feeling the terror more than I did in the color, seeing him like that. It's just an otherworldly feel, and like when they do close shot of his face, you see the teeth and everything. It's just like it gave it an extra layer of horror. And you could actually feel more about what these people were feeling when they saw this creature. And you, then when you, it made you root for the uh, citizens for to actually bring this creature down. Because he didn't mm -hmm. look cool. He looked horrified. Mm -hmm. And then you said you actually watched the, the, the 54 original on Pluto today just to kind of get a bit of a frame of reference, right? And uh, this this movie is such a love letter to the 54. Um, there's so many references. They put Odo Island, uh, Bikini Atoll, and just it honestly feels like it could be a sequel or a prequel to the it, um, this director feels like he, he really tried to capture what Shiro Honda was doing in 54, but with modern technology. Right, right. And actually, let me throw this question to the three of you. I know, you know, Danny and Chris, you've seen it. I'm assuming you've at least seen clips of it, right? Yeah, I've, see, I've seen okay. bits and pieces of it, yeah. Okay. But we talked about the, the actors, these modern actors being in black and white, and it and it worked. What about the CGI? Because you know, black and white movies don't typically have CGI. They have old-timey effects. Um. I, I will use a reference for something uh, that Marvel did. Marvel did, uh, uh, shoot, what was it? Uh, Werewolf, Werewolf by Werewolf, Night. Werewolf by Night. They did two versions. They did a color version and they did a black and white version. And the black and white version held up just as good, considering that Man-Thing is 100% the CGI creation. And even though he is filled with color because he is a plant monster, you didn't lose any of that definition or that understanding that he is riddle you know same thing when go back to uh creature from the black lagoon you knew he was green even though you're not seeing that color just by the the visual cues of what the thing looks like 
I think the same thing happened here. The few, the, the few scenes that I've seen, um, the CGI still looks crisp. It still looks like it belongs in the world. There's none of that, that, uh, that disconnect that you sometimes get when you switch over. Uh, Cause I'm sorry, they painstakingly made this thing perfect when it comes mm -hmm. to that. It, the, the blending of reality and CGI is, is it's hard to find the, the dividing line. And I think the black and white actually helps that one step further, especially with all the rubble and the detritus that is in the air whenever he is walking across a cityscape and after the uh, his nuclear blast on land. Um, it looks, in what I saw, looked better in some ways, mm -hmm. minus the Cherenko glow of Godzilla's nuclear reactor going off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it Danny, Chris? For me, it made it easier to think of this as almost like there was actually a man inside the Godzilla suit. Mm -hmm. um, it felt the way that they painstakingly made sure he moved slowly and he moved like Godzilla from 1954. In black and white, it feels like you're actually watching <laughs> suit acting. Not It doesn't feel like CGI at all. Mm. Danny? I, I, I agree. I think that the... Looking at the effects in the world was particularly fascinating to me. Um, Godzilla himself looks so like you have to think about this. Like this is a weird thing that people don't typically think about. I don't often think about this, but considering the state of you know filmmaking when the original film came out, when the original movie came out in 1954, you have to remember Godzilla was originally designed for black and white. He was designed. This is a character that was designed to be seen and his impact to be felt in black and white for the first time. We had no idea that Godzilla had a blue beam in 1954. Um, that wasn't that wasn't part of the character. I have to imagine in 1962 when the blue beam came out uh, came out in King Kong versus Godzilla, people were probably like, "Whoa!" Um, you know, brought to you in living color. You know, it's one of the we we have a color. We have this color beam now. We might as well go for it. The idea of it being this white mist works just as fine. Like this, this, uh, you know, physical manifestation, this energy manifestation of the bombs. So seeing Godzilla in black and white feels totally fine for me. It feels completely natural. It's, there's always a part of my brain that thinks of Godzilla in black and white because it just works so well. Um, the CG aspect of it works great too. Um, I think that the, uh, contrast uh, bumping and alteration that they did for this really brings out some details in Godzilla's scales, which were already beautiful enough to begin with in color that really shine, really, really shine and look, you know, like just exceptional in black and white. Some of the details on the top of his head. Uh, he's a beautifully textured creature in general in this film. And I think the, uh, the monochromatic, presentation really helps bring out some of those details in a way the there's an authenticity to this versions uh this this black and white mm -hmm. versions portrayal of godzilla that's not i don't know i don't know if i'd say it's better necessarily but it's different in mm -hmm. all the most amazing ways and you could argue it's better in, in in some ways the in some ways in some ways the um and then as far as some of the other visual effects go I was actually having a conversation about this with uh, Elijah, like right before we got on mm -hmm. and started talking. There's something about seeing an atomic blast, a mushroom cloud in black and white mm -hmm. that is so much more authentic and visceral than in color, especially if you're trying to replicate old footage or you're just trying to get the sense for what an atomic blast can do. We're used to seeing the newsreels and the military footage in black mm -hmm. and white. That's our visual way of experiencing the horror of that world, that very real horror that existed in the 40s and 50s. We're used to seeing it in black and white. How many monster movies have you watched in the 50s with atomic blasts in the beginning and they're black and white? It just feels more authentic and there's something so much more terrifying. Um, and then the only other thing about the effects I'll bring up are... Uh, how I, I actually had a, a moment where my the air got sucked out of my chest on Odo Island. I was looking over the character's shoulders at the island itself and the skyline, and there was a part of my brain that went, "Holy crap, that's a matte painting." It looked <laughs> mm -hmm. like something about uh, changing it to black and yeah. white made some of those shots look so Subaraya esque. <clears throat> 
that mm-hmm. I, I think I like I had like a moment where like I weld a little in the theater. I was like, all you had to do was just take the color down and make those adjustments. And these digital effects suddenly look more handmade. I don't know how they did that. That's amazing. Well, they added mm-hmm. that seam down the middle too. I mean, I yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a couple of ripples in the in the tarp. Um, Don't yeah, listen to me, folks. Yeah. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I was just saying, I was actually pleasantly surprised how the, how the whole thing looked. The especially with the uh, with the effects, especially the CGI. I think the only I, so I echo everything that you guys just said. I think the only time I felt like at least for me personally, and I'd love to hear what all of you thought. The only part where I felt like something was kind of lost was actually that first atomic breath sequence because it just made it all look white. So the spines kind of blended because they just, they went from blue where, and when you see it in color, the, the, the blue really stands out, but in black and white, they just turn a very hot white. So it was a little harder to kind of tell what's going on. I felt like visually, I knew what was happening, obviously, because I had seen the movie three other times in color. <laughs> but I, I don't know. What did you guys think of that particular sequence? Those of you who saw it. Go ahead, Chris. Well, for me, it really didn't. It was such a hot lot. It didn't affect uh, my enjoyment of it because to me, it made me think more of like white heat, like mm-hmm. it, it added more of a feeling to it than while the blue is a more spectacular visual, spectacular visual effect. The white of it, it just made me feel it more, like because mm-hmm. you know I felt white heat before. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Danny, I agree. I think the the white. Again, going back to fifty-four, the breath was white in fifty-five, and rates again. No, I, I, it's, I'm not so much, not so much. It wasn't so much the breath itself; it was the spines in the build-up to it. Well, the same deal. They were white yeah. too. They glowed white. Mm-hmm. Um, everything associated with the attack, from the charging of the plates to the actual expulsion of the the ray, the gas, the whatever you want to call it, uh, that. That was in that was not in color in '54, and it gave this very because when, when I see Godzilla's spines light up in the original film, and I see that that mist come out, I immediately think of those military atomic test videos, mm-hmm. the, the, that footage that we're all so used to. I think of it being this huge blinding thing, the moment where the, the light goes on and everybody shields their eyes, and it's just white everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I got from here. I will agree that a little bit of the that the the boat at the, the Takao sequence where the boat mm-hmm. gets uh, vaporized and you see the glowing under the water uh, first. I think, a, I think a little of that might've been desaturated to the point where it didn't feel as powerful. Yeah, It did. But, and uh, I also felt like the, during the, the climax when they sink Godzilla and we see, get that one shot where he gets pulled down through the bottom of the trench and then his, you know, the, the spines darken mm-hmm. during that sequence. I felt like it got a little, too, it, it got a little too dark to, to see all the detail in it, which I don't remember that being quite an issue in the colorized version. It, I, it's a nitpick. I will admit both of these are nitpicks, but those were the only moments in the movie where I felt like something was lost in the black and white. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nate. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I'm... if we if we reference if we reference 54, the underwater sequences are always murky and hard to see. And I think having that that might have been an actual choice that they made when they went back and and desaturated this is mm. the light is the only thing that he is emitting is the only thing that keeps him visible. And so taking that away as he's sinking and making it more mysterious, more what's going to happen now. I mean, it could have been a cho- an actual choice rather than an artifact of the process. I think That's it was a choice too, because going back, because I did watch 54 today, when Godzilla was first appearing, um, the boats first started disappearing, it looked like there was a spotlight coming up through the water. And that's what you got below the cow. 
So in in the black and white, it looked like it did whenever they were getting. Nate? Nathaniel? We lost him. Nathan, <laughs> to me, Sean. where are you, boy? We lost the host. No. Well, no well isn't it just Jim Dandy? <laughs> <laughs> this is Raymond Martin taking over for <laughs> Nate Marchand. Gary, give me a scotch. This is going to be a long night. <laughs> Nathan, where are you, Nathan? Do speak Mr. up, Marchand. my friend. Mr. Marchand. Mr. Marchand. Where hopped off his head. <laughs> yeah, he where the hell me go? He's getting funky around here, son. Yeah. He broke StreamYard again. Nathaniel, <laughs> speak to me, boy. Where are you? I've got to get back to mopping. 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 It's so, it's so my plan comes to fruition. I have <laughs> absconded Nate Marchand. Oh, I'm such a dirty little evil genius. <laughs> I'm so naughty. Oh, he's back. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <clears throat> <clears throat> no, nothing, sir. Nothing. No, nothing. 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 At all. Nothing. 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 You, you guys know I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh, downloading the audio later. So we're counting on it, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you might want to put an explicit rating on there once you left. Yeah. Oh, okay. We, oh, you would not believe the things we said. You oh, would... I'm sure I've heard that potty mouth on you, Danny. But unlike anyway, most, so, unlike most programs uh, so on NPR, to... we got very blue. Yeah, blue, just like Godzilla's atomic ray. But anyway, the what the FB last after yeah. hours after hours. <laughs> the last thing I the last thing I said was I there were only I felt I said two moments where I felt like something was lost in the black and white, which was the <laughs> the spines glowing and that shot of Godzilla at the bottom of the trench. I was, uh, when you disappeared, I was saying, I do think it was a choice because it looked like in 54 when Godzilla was attacking the boats at first, <coughs> like there was a spotlight coming up from the water. That's what it looked like when he was attacking the decal. So it probably was a choice. I, there was so much detail done. Into it. I don't think anything was done by accident. I think they deliberately try to make it look as much as like, the 54 mm-hmm. when as they possibly could. Mm-hmm. Um, I would yeah, agree. It, and I was going to say anything to add to that, Danny? I, I agree. I, um, mm-hmm. I really feel like the work that was done on this was mm-hmm. done like primarily to try to get it to match the 54 feel appropriate. Considering this version of the film does start with the fifties Toho logo. Yeah, uh, I yeah. forgot because uh, yeah, I because when the logo first came up, I'm like, why is the logo still in color? And then it transitions to the old '50s black and white Toho logo. Like, oh, Beautiful. Yamazaki, Yamazaki, you genius! I he's like a, it. He's the man. Now, it, Shin Godzilla did a similar thing where it transitioned from the uh, the more recent one to the uh, '60s uh, color mm-hmm. version. Uh, which was really, really cool. Uh, but this one mm-hmm. was like, there are no, there's no mistaking the intention here. This is to evoke 54 and they did a great job. So I really think they were probably mm-hmm. not, don't, they weren't just turning off the color. They weren't just readjusting the contrasts for the sake of making this film look like it was shot in black and white. They were doing all that, but they were also, they probably had the 54 film playing right next to their editing bay on this. And they were just matching it, looking back and forth, trying to figure out, you know, how to get it to look as authentic to that as possible. This is a tribute to 54. Yeah. And you, uh, you pointed out before we went on the, I think early on that, well, no, I was, no, I was talking with Damon and Damon pointed out that they didn't put a film grain filter on it. Right. To make it look old. All they did was, it was uh, change the color palette, basically. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm just a little there, disappointed there that no they didn't ch- throw in a, a little Raymond Burr or something. There were no cheap gimmicks with this. No. It was thought out. Even whenever they in the black and white, when he's being lowered by the Freon bubbles, it looks like the bubbling effect. Whenever he dropped the oxygen destroyer in the fish tank, mm-hmm. just everything point. was thought out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, and I was going to bring up what's interesting about this is that excluding the, uh, Shin Godzilla Ortho, 
this is the first time we have seen Godzilla in black and white in almost 70 years. Not, because I mean, how pedantic do you want me to be? <laughs> You're Danny. Be, uh, be, uh, you know what? You know what? You be as pedantic as you want. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm not, <laughs> well, you I, should. I should absolutely leave. I'm not. I, I'm not going to. But I should. Remember, I stayed for you, Nathan. Okay. Stay I, for the viewers. Don't stay for Nathan. You know. Oh, you know what, Damon? I'm taking that and running with it. Uh, hi, everyone except Nate. Y'all are cool. Um, the okay. Again, uh, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. The flashback, black okay. and white. There you go. Um. God's, the the fifty where they built that kind of goofy looking googly eyed fifty four suit and had him sink into the water. Uh, that's two thousand two. So there's that, and then there are some little bits and pieces. If you want to talk like newsreel footage from the monster verse, that might also count. But I I'll throw you a bone on this and say uh, twenty uh, two thousand two two thousand two. There you go. They shot a new Godzilla scene in two thousand two that was black. Okay, that is true. Okay. Yeah, they, they, did film, they filmed, the, they filmed the scene. They filmed the scene in black and white. That is true. Filmed the scene in black and white. Um, and again, that was probably just an instance where they shot it in color and flipped off the, the you know, they flipped that off. But <laughs> and, and then if you want to count, like Megagirus has some some stuff in it that 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 kind of counts too. But that's earlier, so it doesn't actually support my argument. I said it anyway, <laughs> and you can just deal with that. Um, you can. You're just gonna have to. You're just gonna have to deal. You have to deal. I. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I understand. That's fine. Listener, listeners. Yeah. But I, but I'm, I'm thinking. I was thinking specifically. We haven't seen an entire Godzilla film in black. Well, you should have put that asterisk on it at the beginning. Before well, I'm putting it on out. right now. Wow. First, well, that's entirely that's... black and white Godzilla film since 1955. Other than, hey, than ortho. Godzilla Ortho. <laughs> You can't win, Nate. Um, I know I can't. You can you cannot win. But no, to your point, to your point, actually, your point was bad. I can't I can't make I'm I was trying to help, but it's just it doesn't work. I'm sorry. It doesn't work. Yeah, but was no, the, you should clear so, bad. Yeah, so <laughs> let me ask the dangerous question then. Dun, dun, dun. Uh-oh, here it is. Do you prefer do you think the movie is better in black and white or color? Mm. Mm. Damon, as somebody who's uh, not seen the film, what, how, how do you, what's your answer? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have an opinion. I but can't have an opinion since I haven't have seen it. Yet. It hasn't I, happened yet. I have to wait, unfortunately. I liked the black and white version just as much, but for entirely different reasons than I liked the color version. Um, I, I think it's going to depend on my mood. If I want to watch it in color, I will absolutely watch it in color. If I want to watch it in black and white, God willing, it's on the Blu-ray. Um, I would love a feature since we're talking about this, like the Harryhausen discs where you can toggle mm -hmm. using your remote. Uh, that might not be entirely feasible because there are some print differences in the color uh, version when compared to black and white. There are two major differences. Uh, one of them being an additional credit at the end of the film and the other one being the uh, some additional credits and uh, the, the 54 logo, the Toho logo. Um, so toggling might not be feasible because the prints aren't exactly the same um and so maybe maybe not but i i want this on i want to be able to watch this again on blu-ray i want this mm -hmm. in my home i want this version in my home i think it does some things a little bit better than the color version i think the color version does some things better than this version i think both of them are equally strong and valid ways to watch the film and that saying something this is not a gimmick, like Chris, like what you were, like what you were saying. This is they didn't do anything gimmicky. This is not a gimmick. Um, I don't have a preference between the two. I think they're both equally strong for different talking points. Um, but I really, I, I loved it. I did. Mm -hmm. I can't pick between the two either, and I like them both so much that I'm willing to hold out until they release one that has both on there. Because I just, it, it's even though they're the same movie, it's almost like getting two different movies in a way it's just because the way that the color and the black and white are done it just the way it feels and it's presented um but i didn't get to talk about the the colored version that much but what really amazes me is how he's taken the director is able to take godzilla who has been a hero for so long and generally making both versions 
And he's like, okay, I want that thing to die. Because he's killing people I actually like. He did such a good job with a human story. And uh, he, he essentially made Godzilla the villain again. And mm-hmm. I don't, I haven't watched all of the Godzilla movies, but I don't know if that's actually been captured since, since uh, the original Godzilla or Raids. Because he is so known as fighting the other monsters. Uh, GMK. GMK. I would say GMK. Real, uh, really went back to the Godzilla as villain story. And it did it really hardcore. But that one, that one was in some ways kind of like a spiritual successor to 54, but obviously shot in color and things like that. This one is intentionally going back even more so, I would say, with the black and white, going back to the Showa era, like the very early Showa era, you know, and because I'm trying to think, help me out here, Danny. The how many to- kaiju films did Toho make in black? You had 54 raids again, Varan, and then after that, I can't think of any. Rodan was next, and that was in color. That was in color. So Mysterious was half color. Human, half human counts. Oh, half, half human, human does yeah. count. That's true. Yeah, half human. So there. So weirdly enough, there were not very many. It's almost like Toho was kind of on when they made 54. They were kind of on the cusp of switching to color. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So this Look, was looking back on it. It was just a little too expensive at the time. I think um, yeah. they had they had the option, but their budget was already razor thin with what they've chosen what they chose to do, which is why they didn't do stop motion. Yeah, is because they said they can't. We can't take a year just for stop motion. I know. I think Super I said it'd be seven, <laughs> seven years. Yeah. I mean, for us it would be one, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. There, was, there wasn't anyone that. In, yeah, nobody knew how to do it back yeah, then. For them. Not, not in Japan. Nobody, there wasn't anybody skilled enough in the craft to be able to it do it. It would have been learning as you go, which, yeah, would probably take seven years. Years and years and years and years and years. I mean, it took um, well over a year for O'Brien to do Willis O'Brien to do Kong, and he had uh, several animators and multiple Kong puppets yeah. um, mm-hmm. to work with. So and it's, it still took a long time. Which is it's why there's right. inconsistent size. <laughs> right. well, yeah. Faces. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. But uh, yeah, like I said, I I can't really choose between the two of them. I agree with you, Danny. They work. Both versions work very well for different reasons. I do think each one has their own particular set of strengths, but I don't think it necessarily takes away from the other. And I do hope when we do get that eventual Blu-ray that we will be able to watch it in both versions. Of I course, will- we have no idea what that's even going to look like at this point. We're just having a good time with minus color and seeing what happens with all the award shows. <laughs> what eventually I would like to see is for like G fest or monster attacks or whatever, all the other Kaiju related uh, conventions to do a double feature and show both of them back to back. Because oh, I, think- I uh, are you here? Are you hearing us? G Fest double <laughs> feature with both versions. I think that that would. I mean, the, technically they can't make any money off of it, but it would be sellout. They would no, be no. Well, no. G Fest. G Fest gets permission to show. They, okay, films. they're al- then they're allowed to make money off it, and I would don't think that they would regret that decision. People will stay six hours to watch both of these movies together back to back. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 well, yeah I would I know the I know that the would people. Be, I would love them to do that. The problem is that the way G Fest has their movie screening set up is the double features are on our Thursday, which is technically the day before the convention starts. And then after that they do one screening really late at night on Friday and Saturday. And when I, I say late, I mean like 10.30. You would double I would make it a special event. Yeah. I would make it you know, like on Friday night, say, okay, we are not doing our, our regularly scheduled stuff. We are going to have the double feature of G-1 and G-Color. minus mm-hmm. And just, just flat out say, this is what we're doing for, for four and a half hours. We're not doing anything else. I think, I think that would. I think that's a good idea. I yeah. think they should do that. that. Would be. At the very least, they could do color Friday night and black and white Saturday night. But I there think you back go. To back is better. Well, back, back to back is definitely better because I think that you would immediately see and feel the difference 
mm. and be able to appreciate them at a yeah separated by a day you've had time to think to process you you've also engaged your senses at another convention yeah, for another day cool. before seeing it again so there would be a slight disconnect without having that same impact for sure point yeah yeah i i, I think it's a great i think it's a great idea and yeah you know, any final thoughts before we wrap things up about minus color because i think we've gone over all the important stuff it was great it was better than cats i will see it again and again <laughs> Thank you, Damon. Go watch the movie, please, and then report back. Uh <laughs> hey, let's hope let's hope that this gets an extension too. I just love the fact that, like I said, it was it was gone for a week and came back. <laughs> now, before before we move on, before we move on, we do have one thing we need to do. Um, Nate, if you want to check behind the scenes, I believe we have a special guest who might have a couple of thoughts to weigh in on. Do I really have to bring him on? He wasn't invited, and he doesn't need to be on every minus one podcast ever. Yes, he does. <coughs> this we're not talking about minus one, Nate. We're talking about minus one, minus color. Same and thing. He, and our special guest has just gotten out of the screening and has a couple of thoughts he wants to share. Ladies and gentlemen, drum roll, please. Welcome. Hello, what's up? It's Elijah <laughs> Thomas of the Kaiju Conversation podcast and Kaiju Conversation Live and so many other cool things. My man, what a surprise that I didn't know what was going on. Like, this is crazy. Welcome to the stream. Yeah, it's great to be here. You know, season three of Monster Island Film Vault was my favorite season. Nathan, you did such a good job. I think so. Keep up the great work. You guys are doing great. I love what you're doing. This is not sarcasm, by the way, everybody. No, this I, is not, not. This is for real. This is for real. For real. And now that here's how good. you could make it better. <laughs> here's some critiques. I've spent the last two years with, and he pulls out a notebook. I've spent two years taking some notes, and I have some thoughts on maybe some, <laughs> some improvements. More Damon noise, um, for, for starters. So, so Elijah, I understand that you have just um, exited a movie theater, um, and you may, in fact, actually be coming to us from very close to that movie theater, um, having just seen Gosh Zilly uh, minus Kalor. There's the AMC logo. Black, a black and white Japanese lizard. That black and white Japanese yeah. lizard. And I'm going to go back and watch it again here in... Uh, we know. You're single-handedly uh, single draining your bank account to fund the sequel. <laughs> you're right. I am. Um, <laughs> But There's still minus... a guy who's seen it ten more times than you. Hold I know, Nathan. Why you gotta? Why you gotta? I try. buzz, man. Come on. This is I viewing tried. number twenty-two for Elijah, by the way, everyone. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Wow. We're gonna 22. make it twenty-three, yes. and then tomorrow will be twenty-four. Wednesday will be twenty-five, twenty-six, maybe twenty-seven, and then Thursday, if I can make it work, we're gonna end on twenty-nine. Ooh. Right. That should be 20. If I, yeah, I think that's yeah. right. This is not Godzilla plus math. This is Godzilla minus. Math, so we're not. <laughs> so, so Elijah, we have been sitting here chatting about our, our thoughts on the film, on the visual effects, on the, the color removal, all that stuff. Um, and uh, after that, we're going to, we're going to roll into some remembrances about season three, but before we do, um, I am hosting this podcast now, by the way, do you have any, <laughs> do you have um, any immediate thoughts having just seen the film? Well, um, first, the thing I need to talk about, Danny, you and I, I don't know if we did this in our minus one stream or if we did it in a private conversation, but I know you and I talked about whether or not the title card at the end was what happened in Japan. There it is. And we got confirmation that there are two versions of this film. There's yes, an international version and a Japanese version. If, the Japanese if, version, which is what we got for Minus Color because Toho International did not have time to do all the, like... The graphics. The graphics. So, we got to see the Japanese texts for all the locations and the time. We got to see the 
end title card with the original Godzilla minus 1.0, which was so good. Yep. I love that logo. Um, I, and during the, uh, the black and white footage, kind of that 2014 esque, um, allusion to what's going on with Godzilla, we see that the American, the Americans who are speaking English have Japanese, uh, subtitles. Yes. I loved that. I loved watching the original Japanese version. That's the surprise I was not telling you about earlier when we were talking about it. That's what I was like. When he sees this, he's going to lose it. I was thrilled with that. Um, More so than that, when the modern Toho logo came up, I was like, okay, so they're not going to do a black and white logo. It would be cool if they did. (laughs) <laughs> and the moment I thought that it faded away and then a 4.3 Toho logo came up and I was like, hold on. And then I felt my heart skip a beat and I cried a little bit. So it was pretty cool. It was, it was pretty- really cool. Um, that was awesome to see. And, you know, watching the film, the matting, and how they did the color alterations was quite phenomenal. <laughs> um, so for anybody who doesn't under, and, and I don't know how far you guys have gone into this, so I won't go too, too deep into it. Um, you, if you were to take a, my, my, my video right now, if you were to turn into black and white, unfortunately, I don't have that feature with me like I did in our last stream that I did with Danny and somebody else. What's, Oh, that was, uh, that was, uh, that was Brandon Brandon. stream. Yeah. Um, that doesn't work. That's not what they did. They like Mm -hmm. put filters, adjusted the picture, digitally altered things, put mats in, they added film grain. The film was grainy. They went in and added the grain. I loved that. I thought that was such an interesting thing. And more so than that, they had, and you can tell they had to do it for each cuts and each scene because the audio is completely redone. Now, I don't know if it was a mistake or not for it to be different, but like Shikishima, you can hear his breathing as he's flying towards Godzilla in the final act. That's not in the original color version. And the only reason I know these tiny details is I've seen that thing 21 times. That's <laughs> a total of 48 hours, which is a total of two days straight. Um, so I, I see it in, in my brain. Like, I don't, I don't need the double feature. I, 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 have, I have it in my head, and I'm watching the black and white. Um, you, you will watch that double feature, and you will like it, sir. <laughs> you know you um, will. But no, like the audio is so much crisper. Um, it is, it sounds like they kind of toned down the intensity a little bit, which might be for the best because it was a little overpowering. Um, but outside of that, like it was a very, I mean, I, it, I this was the best I could hear the film ever. Um, and I enjoyed hearing all the tiny little things throughout the film. I thought that was really enjoyable. And it just, it, it was almost like a brand new film. Um, I've heard a few reactions along those lines. Yeah. I was genuinely surprised. I, if you go back and you listen on my podcast, uh, Kaiju in 2024, that's the episode. I only know this because I tried to use it to sleep last night. Um, we talk about minus color and I say, yeah, like it's a color movie. They're trying to do this black and white thing. It never really works for them. If it comes to America, I'll watch it, you know, but it is what it is. But no, it's really good. It's really good. I was wrong. There you go. 
So Nathan, you have an wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, holding on. Did the littlest gatekeeper just admit on my show that he was wrong? I did. Okay, that right there. Aren't you glad your, you're live? Uh, makes your uh, makes you coming in and crashing this stream worthwhile. <laughs> There you go. Um, Nate, you want to run, run through some of the questions you asked us real quick before uh, we, we we wrap up and move on? Well, I, I he touched on basically all okay. of them. Okay. Well, not all of them, except for that that last one. Oh, well, which was what? Which, one's be- which one do you think is better? Yeah. You have the okay. notes. <laughs> you, yeah. I've been making this up as I go, sir. Oh, well, <laughs> that's just because, wow. I, I could have sworn you were my my mind is blown. Do you have a preference, Elijah? Um. Okay. I'll touch on that, and I've got two things, and then I think it'll be time for me to go see viewing number twenty three. So, um, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I oh, I guess there's four things I need to touch on. <laughs> um, I love the black and white version. It does. I it in the scenes where it's the drama. I swear, if you were to take a screen cap of one of those shots, and you were to just put it out there and say, "What year do you think this movie came out?" I guarantee you, people would say, "1950s, 1940s." What did I tell you guys? Like. Mm-hmm. It's that good. Yeah. The the CGI scenes are a little shaky um, on how they look, I think. But and by CGI, I mean solely the Godzilla stuff. Any other CGI in the film looks perfectly fine in black and white, and you can't really tell a difference. The water looks amazing. Yes. I felt like I was watching Fifty Four at points. Um. The Godzilla stuff is a little little shaky um, in black and white, but the drama stuff is absolutely stunning. Um, but with that being said, the color is so beautiful. I love Yamazaki's color palettes. Um, his, his color palette is always beautiful, and I love the color version. I think minus color is a astounding complimentary piece to the film, but it cannot be the original version in color. So that's my answer to that question. There you go. Okay. Okay. The- and I, one other quick thing I, I did want to mention, and I don't know if any of you encountered this, but I actually talked with a few people after the film who told me that, Seeing it in black and white was the first time they had seen the movie. I've heard a few of those. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you did you uh, find that out, uh, Chris? There was one other guy there, and he had seen the movie like seven times already. So, um, yeah. So, but the, uh, he, he had seen the color seven. This is like his eighth viewing. So, yeah. It was yeah. just I, I still like wow. I would love to talk. I would love to talk with some people you know, on the air if possible. And she's like, you know, and she's like, what was after they've seen the, uh, the original color version and just asked them, was like, what was it like going from the black and white to the color? <laughs> I, I would be fascinated to find out about that because I feel like they would end up having a very different experience with the colorized version. I I agree with you, Nathan. I agree with you. Yeah, and I because like like I said, most of us are going or you know going from color to this, but yeah, I I don't know. I would be I I would love to know, find out about that, but I'm just happy more people are going out and seeing this. And I did recommend it to a guy who, despite the fact that it played in Fort Wayne for about six weeks, he didn't get around to it. And then I walked up to him. It's a guy who goes to the same ballroom dance studio as me and i said you just got a second chance to see minus one <laughs> but it's in black and white <laughs> no, and he said he'd go see it. 
The appropriate yeah, way, to say, that, the appropriate yeah. way to say that is you have another chance to see Godzilla minus one and it's in black and white. And it's in black and white. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> now, yeah, I, I do wonder if, did Yamazaki have, this is just one interesting question. Did Yamazaki have this black and white edition in mind as he's making this, or was this some was, or was this a decision that was made later on in filmmaking? Could I answer this? So yes. Okay. Um, this was in plan in development for a long time. Um, when they announced Shin, when they showed off Shin Godzilla Ortho, it's they said they were interested in continuing their black and white uh retrofitting of films that's all they said on godzilla day the host accidentally said expect more godzilla in black and white and yamazaki who was there uh later made a tweet and like had to like fight the accusation that minus one was going to do a black and white version. And so we know that this had to be in development probably since I would say August, it, August, November, somewhere in there. So this has been in development since basically the release of the initial film. That would explain why it works as well as it does. Yeah. yeah. Now, before I leave, there's a few things I need to touch on. Um, mm -hmm. One, another interesting thing is during the montage sequence, the music is actually uh, a reverb was added to it, mm. which gives it an interesting somber note. Um the next thing I'm going to touch on is the one shot in this where Godzilla looks phenomenal. And I will, this image is forever ingrained in my head now, is Godzilla staring up at the mushroom cloud in Ginza mm -hmm. and just looking at what he did. That shot is haunting. Mm -hmm. It's horrifying. I think that, I think that's the shot of the movie in both editions. Mm -hmm. um, and then last but not least, there is a new credit at the end yeah. of the film, which I missed out on. Unfortunately, um, You can tell because it is a slightly different tint of white. I'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> oh, my lights went gone out. I, I, I maybe I might watch this movie way too much. <laughs> um, I, I think at this point you have now spent three paychecks on it. I, I wish. Um, <laughs> it's in a slightly different tint. It's wait, wait, wait! I felt I feel like that was a very Yamazaki line sort of thing. Like there, it's like it's like oh, you had a budget of fifteen million. I wish it was fifteen million. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> um, it's it's a slightly different tint of white. It does say in English, "In loving memory." And then it's 1939 to nine, uh, to 2023, I think. And then it's got a Japanese name. I have access to that. Um, as I walk into the theater, I'm going to go back and look at my access to that and translate that real quick. And I know then, what it is. Is it? Do we have anybody translated to make sure that it is, in fact, Satsuma-san? I've so been that's hearing, what I've been hearing. I've been hearing that it's Satsuma-san from multiple sources. I haven't translated it myself. I didn't think I did I didn't think quick enough to snap a photo of it or anything like that. I was sitting there like watching the movie and like quaking in my boots. Uh but I'm hearing pretty consistently that they added an in memoriam for Kenpachiro Satsuma. Um, and that was for him. Because yeah, there it is. I, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Mm -hmm. um go ahead and translate that when you get a sack just to confirm but that is like i don't want to accidentally mi spread misinformation here but i'm fairly confident that that's who that's who mm, nope actually i guarantee you i know who it is really it's not him i doubt it Ooh. why okay. would why they would do it be? when the producer of the film passed away 
It's Abe. It might be. It's going it to be Abe. It very well might be. That's See, who okay. it is. That's why you always vet before you confirm things. Okay, that's right. All right. You you have to report. You will have to report back to us on that. I um, will. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to walk back in here, and <laughs> I'm going to buy another ticket. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch Godzilla Minus One Minus Color. Fellas, Monster Island Film Fault, it's a great show. It is one of the best Kaiju and Tokusatsu podcasts, and I mean that. So thank you guys so much. Season three was great. I can't wait for season four. I know, Nathan, you've been really working on this season, so I, I can't wait to see all your hard work pay off, buddy. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. You you go enjoy that. That I'm, you're, I'm sure all of your local theaters are like you're our new favorite person because you Probably. are keeping us in business. It's him again. <laughs> get the minus one ticket printed. For yeah, it's like yep, yep, get the get that one. You know. Yep. There it is. Except here's the thing, Elijah. You realize by doing this, you are setting a precedent. In about two months, they're going to be expecting you to see GVK, uh, GXK about thirty times. <laughs> Listeners, you can't, you can't Don't see disappoint them. Listen, you can't see it because you're listening, listeners. But <laughs> Elijah just Elijah just turned into Elijah minus color. <laughs> um, it, it just all just like rushed out of his he's, face. He's qu he's quaking in his boots now. <laughs> yeah. I'm there just saying he's he has set a dangerous precedent. I'm just saying that's true. Dangerous all right, Elijah. President, go <laughs> see you later, go man. I'm gonna run away now. <laughs> Run for it. We'll see, we'll see a movie. There you go. All right, Nate, uh, we, just, we just elongated the minus one section of this that's going to go public, and your mm -hmm. analytics are going to go. I, I mean, they were going to, they were going to, no, I Danny, they were going to skyrocket because you're here. Oh, that's so not true. <laughs> so not true. You underestimate his ego, Mr. Machand. Yes. <laughs> you underestimate your popularity. <laughs> I, I might, but it keeps me humble. I don't know. Yeah, I, you, know, yeah, you, know you, show me, you show me the analytics, and I, I want to see the spikes on the episodes that I'm on. I need proof. <laughs> I don't. I don't buy it. I, I'm now curious about my own spikes. I know. <laughs> Could you please show us our spikes, Nathan? <laughs> well, I'm also basing this off of when we do our panels at G Fest, and it seems like you always get the bigger cheer. I'm like, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh you've been paying attention to that, huh? Okay. <laughs> How could I not? <laughs> I, I, it's, every, it's his I, website. It's his it's his books. So it's there you go. The books. <laughs> It's the books, man. I, I'm also it's basing it off words. of I don't know Twitter followers and everything. Twitter, I mean, Twitter you have followers. been consistent. You uh, you're at like what ten thousand now? No, no, <laughs> five. I think five. I'm not, I'm well, not only five thousand. He says 5, only five thousand. I can't even get over into four thousand. It's over five thousand. Grah. We're gonna, we're gonna do that this. was just for you, Chris. We're gonna, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this live because not five thousand five hundred forty-five. Wow, I can't even get to four digits. You yeah. must you must work to get to when you get to season 17. <laughs> no, no, I no. have already I have already had the littlest gatekeeper asking me if I'm going to go beyond my planned uh, my very long plans. He's like he was like I'm going to keep podcasting for like 25 years. I don't want you to stop. I'm like, okay. We'll see as, what, as, long as, they keep, as long as they keep producing kaiju movies and tokusatsu. Uh, I mean, I guess. I mean, I told him, I was like, we'll see how I feel by the time I get to my already insane, <laughs> very, very in-depth planning. <laughs> I don't know. If people are like, no, don't quit. Not yet. I'm like, okay, whatever. Anyway, things will probably retire. be different. <laughs> things will be really different i can tell you by the time we get to that point but by the time we get to that point there'll be eight more godzilla movies you'll be in your 70s and um <laughs> lisa can we have some more <laughs> more? Uh, more all right by the, before we move on i just got this from elijah and loving memory of shinji abe oh not Satsuki. okay there you go uh, because well, he passed go. away after the film uh, had come out and has since been, he has now been honored. So there you go. All right. Officially passed. Well, then that's, uh, that is officially the end of the minus color section. <laughs>
There it is. <laughs> I'm going to have to leave it there. So thank you, <laughs> Kaiju lovers, for listening in on this. You're about to hear the credits. We're now going to do finish our after show on season three. If you would like to hear it, please join MIFV Max on Patreon. We'll see you on the other side. Thank you for listening to the Monster Island Film Vault, a podcast produced and hosted by Nate Marchand. Our executive producer is Damon Noyes. If you want to be heard on the show, we'd love to hear from you. So email us at monsterislandfilmvault at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. You can also follow Jimmy from NASA on Twitter and our many colorful characters using the links in the show notes, which are on our website, monsterislandfilmvault.com. Don't forget to join our official Facebook group and Discord server, The Markalite Lounge. Our podcast logo was designed by Rebecca Hudgens. Follow her on Twitter and Instagram at super underscore R underscore illustrations. Sound effects sourced from freesound.org and created by JP Gant. Our theme song is Wanderer on the Offensive, live edit by B33J, Serax, Juan Madrano, and Nonsensical Lexus, which is a remix of Counterattack and The Opened Way by Koatani from Shadow of the Colossus. Additional music includes Every Country Has a Monster, performed by Jonah Ray, and Chant My Name, a cover by Second Archive of the Song by Masaki Endo. All film and audio clips belong to the respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or Podchaser to spread the word about the show. You can even support us by joining MIFV Max on Patreon. MIFV is a Moonlighting Ninjas media production and a proud member of Pod Nation. Sayonara! Sayonara!